birthday blues are coming to Florida, an extended new normal for reservations, and things certainly aren't getting any better out in California. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where even he's starting to feel like a ride on the Matterhorn is sounding pretty, pretty, pretty good. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Every other week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry! It's been a couple of weeks, dude, since we last chopped it up about theme park news. How you been, man? I've been hanging in there. Just on just on indefinite <laughs> loop, man. Waiting. Waiting by waiting by that uh that internet update for news that everything's going to be fine, right? Parks are going to open. Maybe we'll get there for <laughs> Christmas. Maybe not. <laughs> Pretty much. Maybe not. <laughs> Pretty much just <laughs> waiting for something and and just following along with what's what's coming out. I think that I think that describes most people's, especially mine. My kind of experience right now where it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much just waiting, waiting for some good news. I don't know what that good news is. I don't know what that good news is about. Could be about anything. I'm just waiting for it, man. At this point, I think I've pretty much uh, come to the conclusion that I'm not going to get to Disneyland this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, for the rest of this year. Yeah. It's not sounding good, but uh, but yeah, man, we'll get into that. I'll tell you what, though, man. Something else has been totally pissing me off recently. Uh, did you know that Disney has a Rocketeer TV show that premiered at the end of last year? No. Yeah, right? So they do. And uh, in a completely fitting for 2020 twist, uh, it's a Disney Junior show where the great granddaughter of Cliff Secord finds the jetpack and becomes the Rocketeer. So, so right off the bat, modern day little kid, no Nazis. Sounds incredible, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. And so, so, and and let me just read. Uh, a few of these episode descriptions from Disney Plus, just just in case you thought that there was any chance, if, if even the slightest speck of anything interesting going on here, right? So, uh, the crew plans a fundraiser, exclamation point. Kit, who, who's the main character here, the little girl, Kit's class takes a field trip. Kit protects a cookbook, exclamation mark. Uh, wh- wh- what? What is going on, Henry? Like, what is what is going on with this? Well, it sounds like it's extreme Disney Junior. So you're you're talking about like this is, I mean, this should be fine for your daughter, though. No, uh, no, I I will not expose her to this. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's one of these weird things where I feel like I heard rumblings a while ago about 
a, I don't know if it was a TV show, but like a new Rocketeer project that involved kind of like a younger girl taking the mantle. And like, that's all well and good. But like, again, if you strip out everything that makes that franchise, what that franchise is, what's the point? Like, why does this have to be Rocketeer? There's, there's legitimately no point for this to be part of this franchise. Like the people that this is geared towards don't care about that, yeah. right? Like none of the people that are watching this on Disney Junior, and this is targeted to, have any idea that the Rocketeer comic existed, a uh, movie existed, anything like that. So like, why? And just by calling it the Rocketeer, like that is what the series is called. It's not like, you know, the kid Rocketeer. It's just the Rocketeer. Uh, you know, it, it, the people that do get the reference are just bewildered by it. Like what is like, what this is how we're going to use this franchise that Disney has just sat on the rights to for a while. I don't know. I mean, it could be one of those things where they had us had to use that, like develop something for that uh, franchise to keep that license or something uh, or else they would lost it. Um, But I mean, that's why we got that last uh, Fantastic Four movie. Fox wanted to keep the rights to Fantastic Four. And uh, if they didn't develop something within a certain amount of time, it would have reverted back to Disney. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're you're totally right on the money there. The, the, the people that that show is geared towards have no idea who Rocketeer is and and you probably could have, like you said, put any, like, just use any name for that. And, and you, you do, it's the same. I mean, it's, you know, it has it could no be rocket kid. Yeah. <laughs> could be like, you know, yeah. Anything, man. It, it's just, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, uh, I watched a little bit of it because I felt like I had to, I was in such utter disbelief. And, uh, and yeah, man, it is, it is everything that you would never, ever, 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 ever expect for that franchise. And it is everything that that franchise should never, ever, 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 ever be. It's just like, again, like it's, uh, it, there's no point, there's no point for it. So it's, uh, it's disappointing that this is how this franchise is being used like just let it lie then like yeah give up the rights like they're not doing anything with it otherwise yeah it's interesting that they would do something like a disney junior or extreme disney junior show with that uh with that license because uh the original like uh rocketeer comic I, even that was not i wouldn't say it was necessarily um geared it was geared towards an an older audience. I wouldn't say it was like, because it's so violent or, or uh, had so many adult themes, but it was just a more mature type, uh, uh, comic book with that dealt with more like period piece type stuff. So that usually skews towards a, a, a little bit more learned audience than say, you know, X-Men or Spider-Man, which is generally like 
beloved by all, but you can generally with even with Spider-Man, it, it's you, you have a, a younger audience that's more interested in that. While some, but something like the Rocketeer, even in the comic book community was kind of still kind of had a niche type uh, audience for it. It was a quality, quality comic for sure with a, with a very quality uh, story. And, and it was, top tier uh quality type book but still it was kind of a niche type uh type audience for that one but uh yeah it doesn't i don't uh it, it is kind of weird i mean it's very weird that they would use that the crew plans a fundraiser like <laughs> what? oh my god anyway in, in case you haven't figured out i i'm a big fan uh and so this was this was like, you know, you ask yourself, how can 2020 get more 2020? And I know technically this premiered in like November of 2019, but the bulk of it has been in 2020. I found out about it in 2020. So this feels like like a pure 2020 power move <laughs> on uh, on Disney's end here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been quite a couple of weeks here when it comes to theme park news. Um, so how about we start off with maybe some of the smaller updates before getting into this Disneyland uh, drama? Because it's it's something. And uh, and yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into it. So we'll start with Disney World, though. Um, so we know it's been open since July been continuing to operate at 25% capacity, all managed, of course, through this Park Pass reservation system. Up until this point, all messaging and availability that, you know, has been, has, has really been pointing this system to be in effect through September 2021. And so that's right before Disney World's 50th anniversary celebration uh, that's scheduled to kick off sometime in October. So I think we just assumed <laughs> that, okay, this is going to go until then. And then, you know, for that 50th celebration, it's going to be a little more opened up. I'm sure by then capacity will be higher. Hopefully, uh, you know, park hopping will be running again. I think they are selling park hopping tickets for 2021, even though they haven't been confirming it, uh, that it will actually be a thing. So hopefully that'll be back to normal. Ho hopefully that level of normalcy will return by then at least. So uh, it is looking now, though, that that won't be the case. Uh, recently, the Park Pass system went through a bit of an update and is now offering up reservations through January 2022. <laughs> so that uh, when uh, when big Disney muckety muck Josh tomorrow sat down for that interview a few weeks ago and said, hey, you know, we're feeling pretty good about some of these new technologies that we've introduced. This is kind of going to be the new normal. Uh, I think he did call out Park Pass as being part of that. Sounded like he was not screwing around, man, because 2022 uh, going into using these passes again. Also, whenever Disneyland does open, it's going to be using this system as well. So it seems like. You know, th this, at least for the uh, near to medium future, is still going to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's looking like it's here to stay, at least for a few years. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I do imagine like they will, because I, I know that Florida anyway has given the all clear for Disney World to increase their capacity if they feel like it's necessary and they feel like something they want to do. It sounds like they're not going to do that. But one would assume that by, again, like it, the capacity increase for October 2021 is still you know, a, a, a real thing. I can't imagine they're still going to be running at 25 capacity, uh, 25% capacity by then. So, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit easier of a system to maneuver around. I don't know, man, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely this idea that park pass reservations is maybe a more permanent thing, um, to manage capacity is, is seeming like it's maybe a little more realistic. I, I don't know if it's going to be in, in in the long run. Like in five years, Henry, do you think we'll still be doing kind of park pass reservations or are we going to be back to normal by then back, back to just we'll sell tickets day of until they're, until they're gone. Um, I think in five years it may still be around, but it, I think it would be, uh, quite a bit different. Like, uh, like it, it may be something like a, a way that they can, like them, they may find a way to monetize it. So, oh, which is, is what I would think that they might do with it. So, how would you monetize that? I'm curious what uh, how that what that would even. I don't know. Like? like you get like priority line like you get in in a certain time Ooh. like right. stuff like that i think so it's like it's bundled you, with like a premium fast pass pretty much i think is is yeah. kind of like it. you get a, a faster line in and you get uh like access to certain parts of the park or something it's just a, i think they'll find a way to kind of monetize it so uh, I wouldn't put it past Disney to to figure some way out to kind of monetize this thing. So I think I think it'll be around but it'll be uh different. Interesting. Yeah. No, I I totally buy what you're saying right here. I mean, in a sense they they've they've monetized aspects of that, right? So certainly we've seen at Shanghai they have their they have you know, their normal path, the fast pass system, but they do have that premier access system, which is paid fast pass guaranteed. You're going to get a fast pass guaranteed that you can just walk on whenever you just got to pay like whatever it is, like seven to 10 bucks per, per ride that you want to go on. Um, and then we have certain other things like magical mornings and we've got also, you know, stuff like that at, at Disneyland too, where it's like, yeah, if you are either staying at a hotel or if you pay for a certain amount of days, I think it's like three or more, then you get like an extra hour in the morning or something like that. But yeah, they've got like, they've monetized access in different ways, but yeah, so I could, I, I don't think it's a step <laughs> too far from where we're currently at to, uh, to monetize kind of uh, um, even more so park access. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something. Uh, unfortunately, I think they'll they'll keep refining it, and uh, maybe at some point, yeah, they'll just keep using it just to at least to kind of like uh, manage the crowds. But uh, I think I think at some point, yeah, they'll figure out how to monetize it. But we'll have to see. 
<laughs> well, and it's like other parks do this, right? Like I know that Universal has their own kind of system that's like that. Um, and I know that like a bunch of the SeaWorld and Bush Garden parks have the same kind of a thing where, you know, you can pay either per ride, like to just go right to the front of the line or kind of have like an all day pass for that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it would not be especially especially in today's kind of a tight climate when it comes to you know, just, uh, you know, income. <laughs> it's like, I imagine that, uh, that, uh, Disney's looking for opportunities to maybe get a couple of additional dollars to kind of, uh, for a little extra access. Yeah. Gotta, gotta pay for those, uh, renovations and, and the new rides and Dude. whatnot. True story, man. Got to find that cash somewhere. And, 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 you know, with that, it is starting to sound like, you know, when we're looking ahead at Walt Disney World and we're looking ahead towards that 50th birthday, at least that initial plan in terms of what they were having to hoping to have rolling, um, it is starting to sound like many of these layoffs and furloughs that have been ongoing they announced a few weeks ago that they are starting to affect these completion timelines for some of these upcoming attractions. Biggest disappointment, uh, obviously, it's sounding like is this Tron coaster, which uh, which perhaps might get pushed out for quite a bit. Um, we've got a couple of different rumblings around this. So Walt Disney World News Today is reporting that the field team tasked with construction has been let go and that Disney will instead be completing that exterior canopy while putting the remaining interior work on the ride on hold until they can secure some of that additional funding. Um, seems to also have been echoed over at the WDW Magic Forums, where uh, I guess it was one of the vendors involved in the project confirmed that they had been informed that all construction that was scheduled uh, is is now supposed to cease by December and will likely not pick back up until fiscal year 2021, which I guess is, is uh, in October. Um, also, a lot of speculation that with that kind of going on with Tron, perhaps this is also going on over at Epcot with this Ratatouille ride with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy coaster that's being built currently. But specifically with the Ratatouille ride, it's kind of uh, in a place where, you know, the exterior has been working, has been, has been being worked on. So we've seen it kind of come along, at least from the exterior. Haven't heard a lot of updates from the interior. The kind of thought was that maybe it was done and they were just kind of sitting on it. Uh, but I mean, it would be, I don't know. I mean, maybe kind of a weird thing to just sit on a, a completed ride, especially with Epcot being in the place that it is where it is just kind of like one big you know, construction zone, you know, uh, there's a speculation that maybe it's, this is the case for Ratatouille as well, where we're going to see that get pushed off into 2021. Um, so, you know, the thing fueling all of this as well is this idea that, um, oh, is this conversation that was had around the priorities of, you know, priority attractions now that we know that maybe there's going to be a little less money to be spread around, uh, with these closures, but none of these rides that we're talking about right now, Tron, Ratatouille, uh, Guardians Coaster, those weren't on that priority list, right? It was uh, it was Star Wars Hotel, 
It was uh, Mickey and Minnie's over at Disneyland, and it was Avengers Campus over at California Adventure. I think we just kind of assumed that, well, because Ratatouille and because Tron, you know, is uh, is so visibly, at least from the outside, it's looking like it's coming along so much that, like, it, it's just kind of a foregone conclusion that that's going to still be moving along. Maybe not, though, right? <laughs> Maybe Perhaps not, and uh, perhaps we will just have at least four Disney World's 50th anniversary, man. That would be that would be a pretty big hole, especially. I mean, that was one of those kind of cornerstones for uh, with Tron, was that that was going to be the big thing for 50th. So maybe that's not going to be the case now, man. That would be a big bummer. Yeah, well, I mean... Honestly, though, it's possible that, uh, like what you were saying about uh, Avengers Campus, is maybe Ratatouille is complete uh, and they're just holding off on it until, like, they can do, uh, like, I think right now at 25% capacity, they don't have to work too hard to get people to come in for 25% capacity Um, waiting for a time when they really get like a lull and then they can like announce uh, the Ratatouille. Maybe the Ratatouille will be the, the ride for the 50th, but um, it's, it is disappointing that Tron isn't going to be done in time for that. Cause I think I had just seen something where I guess they were, they were trying where they were testing the uh the the they were running a test on the the coaster and uh and somebody got a was able to see them running tests on it um tron yeah oh wow but i mean i don't know it 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 may have been i don't know i didn't look too far into it to see what was I think they just saw some people on the the track or something. So, oh, okay. I I, I don't know to what degree they were actually testing it. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. Well, I mean, very, very good point. Worth stating again. Total uh, rumors. I mean, really, Tron is a rumor based off of these these kind of uh, little leaky informations. But you know, definitely far from anything confirmed from. From Disney, though, I mean, I imagine by the end of the year, it'll be pretty clear uh, kind of where things are, are standing by then. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, the idea of a near completed or partially completed ride just sitting for a really long time. I mean, the idea that they would for Tron stop all construction in December and not pick it up until at least October is like crazy. I mean, it. Certainly, it could be the case if, you know, they really are strapped for cash this this fiscal and things are just moving really slowly, which, again, seems to be the case. If they're going to be running at reduced capacity for a long time, then, yeah, it maybe maybe is a little more believable. But, uh, but yeah, that's crazy, especially, especially, like I said, yeah, Ratatouille with Epcot being where it's at is just like, man, if that's almost done... And you're going to sit on that for another year. That seems pretty wild too. But yeah, I like what you're saying. That could be that could be the big thing that that is. I mean, having rid the Ratatouille ride, it is not an e-ticket attraction. It's fun, um, and I guess at this point, new uh, a new ride is its own kind of celebration <laughs> in this kind of climate. 
But, uh, but yeah, that, that would be a major disappointment if that's the new kind of hotness come, uh, come October, 2021. But, uh, but yeah, man, we'll see. I guess we'll see. <laughs> that's all we can really do. I mean, it's, it's one of these things where like where we're at right now wouldn't be surprising. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough, I mean, I mean, these businesses have been taking such a hit and uh, I mean, at least while Disney world is actually open. um, So, and, and it's, it's tough to hear like, you know, that, you know, they gotten so far in, in, into it and, and, you know, people are being, like laid off and they're holding off on the construction. But uh, I think this just kind of goes to show you like how, you know, how much of a hit these businesses are taking when they can't fully be open, you know? Uh, yeah, totally, man. Major. I mean, it's like, that's, that's, that's huge. Uh, that's huge, especially huge for the future of, of all of these parks. So I mean, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. You're right, man. At least at least they are moving forward because Disneyland is completely at a standstill, really. And, and you know, the big news over this last two weeks really has been on this continuing drama that has been kind of boiling over between, you know, Disneyland, but really California theme parks in general and the state of California's guidelines. So the uh, the good news is that we can officially say that we do have guidelines, <laughs> right? Like that's been a major sticking point for a while. So we can check that box. Uh, and that's pretty much where where the good news ends <laughs> because they uh, they're looking a whole lot like what we previously saw leaked, right? Uh, the main difference would be They have this kind of special smaller park kind of tier that's broken off a smaller park being defined as a total capacity of 15,000 or less. So really that is a very small park. Um, I think even something like, uh, you know, six flags, magic mountain, six flags, discovery kingdom, uh, California's great America. Those are all larger capacity than that. So Mm -hmm. those don't even qualify as, as small theme parks. I think that's maybe like more in line with like, uh, yeah, Santa Cruz beach boardwalk, but, uh, so Mm. small when they say small, I mean, that is a very kind of small limited park, but anyway, um, they can open in the orange moderate tier, but are limited to only 500 guests or whatever it was like 15% capacity, whichever was less. Um, and all the rides must be outdoors and everyone that attends has to, in order to attend one of these smaller parks that are open in this moderate phase, you have to be located in the same County as the park. Good luck, uh, enforcing that, but that's, that's what the rule is for that. Um, <laughs> there was a little concern initially. I think when those, when those guidelines leaked the last time we did have that, what was it like 250 mile radius that people mm-hmm. had to be living in. Um, so that's kind of where that has landed on in these smaller parks that isn't in the bigger parks, but unfortunately, 
um, you know, for these larger theme parks, so everything above Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, uh, that is still in this minimal yellow tier, which means that COVID cases in the counties, this is Orange County that we're talking about, must be below one for every 1,000 tests, and the positivity rate must be below 2%. Um, Also means that these larger parks won't be able to expand their capacity past 25% until the state of California is no longer using this uh, reopening blueprint. So that was a major point of contention previously, was that because they are technically in the least a restrictive tier that there's no space for them to go until it's deemed for whatever reason that I couldn't find clarity on um, that these guidelines are no longer necessarily necessary or we've moved past the, the guideline phase. Um, so yeah. And, and for reference to orange County right now is in purple i think i was reading like their positivity rate is like three over three percent so still have a ways to go before they're even in orange or they're even in yellow Uh, but anyway based on all of this the orange county register is guesstimating that quote at best this means major california theme parks won't reopen until november or december at worst reopening dates could be pushed to next year so you know again it's that a major point of contention is when you're looking at a county that's as big as orange county it's very difficult to get to that 2% positivity rate to get to that sub one per 1000 uh you know uh, citizens uh case count so yeah uh, very difficult to get there then you've got to be there for 2 weeks before you're allowed to be entered into the the next following tier so yeah just uh, complicated stuff yeah well i mean not to mention that you know every time we have a holiday we're going into holiday seasons now uh i right. imagine around uh uh halloween we'll have a we'll get a spike maybe a week or two after halloween and then you'll right after that you have thanksgiving so we'll have a spike two to one to two weeks after that and then you have christmas we'll get a spike one to two weeks after that so it's 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 just going to keep staying out of of reach so i imagine we're not gonna this park's not gonna be able to open until next year until people finally like figure out oh we shouldn't be doing these things okay yeah right we gotta we gotta chill out a little bit yeah yeah. exactly until people are on their best behavior which is not getting any easier the longer uh, the longer this extends out yeah it's very very good point. It's a big challenge for sure. And I mean, it's just like what you were saying, I think with last time we were discussing this, which is like the reason that we had that spike initially in California, uh, a big uh, a big attribution or a big reason for it was that people were kind of flaunting the rules or, or flaunting the guidelines to begin with, not wearing masks, kind of gathering in groups, doing all the stuff that they specifically say don't do if we actually want to get out of this, right? So, yeah, uh, tough to tough to hope and and pray really that people are going to get it together. But 
We'll see. That's uh, regardless. That is that is where the guidelines are at. Um, of course, after these guidelines come out, we go back through and get the same kind of list of condemnations and press releases that we saw last time from uh, from everyone uh, related to these theme parks. So we've got Ken Potrock, president of Disneyland, had a press release that he sent out. Uh, he said, quote, we have proven that we can responsibly open with science-based health and safety protocols strictly enforced at our theme park properties around the world. Nevertheless, the state of California continues to ignore the fact, instead mandating arbitrary guidelines that it knows are unworkable and that hold us to a standard vastly different from other reopened businesses and state-operated facilities. Together with our labor unions, we want to get people back to work and that these state guidelines, sorry, but these state guidelines will keep us shuttered for the foreseeable future, forcing thousands more people out of work, leading to the inevitable closure of small family-owned businesses and irreparably devastating the Anaheim slash Southern California community. So uh, pretty clear on where they stand on that. Pretty, pretty harsh statement. Uh, obviously, similar statements came out from Mayor of Anaheim, from the California Attractions and Park Association. So all of this now brings us to where we're currently at, which is that according to, again, the Orange County Register, uh, the California Attractions and Parks Association Executive Director Aaron Guerrero has stated that theme parks are considering legal action to change the reopening guidelines. Uh, also, that that's a pretty extreme action, but it wouldn't be the first instance something like this occurred. I guess in June, we did have Kings Island and Cedar Point sue the state of Ohio over their restricted openings as well. They were allowed to reopen Two weeks later, I was unclear whether or not the lawsuit actually fully went through, but I guess the litigation, the threat of litigation anyway, was enough to uh, convince the governor there to just go forward and reopen the theme park. So the last time that we talked about all of this, we predicted it was going to get ugly. Sounds like we're, we're, we're right about there, huh? Well, it's... Interesting what kind of led up to this, uh, I guess, in that time pre period between where we talked about this, um, like, apparently, like, and this was reported that uh, Newsom sent, like, uh, officials, some state officials, to yeah. to Florida to check out the theme parks there. Uh, they checked out. The theme parks here, uh, they met with Universal and and I guess they went to like uh, Disneyland or uh, or California Adventure and checked out the what they had set up and things were sounded very positive. Uh, and uh, they even like uh, I think there was even like a mini rally in front of uh, Disneyland uh, a protest rally something right. to that degree where apparently like uh it was certain people protesting the that the that they haven't been able to open up Disneyland and then you also had I guess some uh there were some complaints that some a uh, recall Gavin Newsom people had shown up at the rally which kind of tainted it a bit uh <laughs> sure um but um and then and then while and all this stuff sounded 
to be going in the right direction that uh like they were like uh the governor was going to work uh, with the theme parks and stuff. And then what comes out of this is that, okay, little theme parks can open, but the same thing is still like, you know, the major theme parks are going to be held to the same standard as before. So it, like, it, it really felt like it. I mean, I could see where, like, um, the theme parks, the heads of the, these theme parks would feel like it was kind of a slap in the face. Whereas like they put forth this kind of like image that like the, like state officials were going to work with them on this and maybe, maybe have to like, maybe they'd have to tighten up things some more or, or give them some, some kind of grounds where they can, can work with the state. And then the state just kind of said, nope <laughs> it's, it's the same thing as before uh so it's i can see the i can understand their frustrations with that because because i think it was sounding very positive um and then for them to just kind of say yeah you can open once we hit this threshold but the way things keep going it it, it just feels like we're never going to hit those things is it's i'm in this tough position that uh, I agree with the governor, but I also agree with, uh, with Disney. And I, I don't, I think there should be some middle ground here and I don't know who's kind of like on whose side it's, it's just not coming together. Uh, if it, you know, cause I think there is like, Maybe if if there is something that's more normalcy out there, maybe people will act better. But uh, like certain, a lot of these rules that they keep putting out for these theme parks, like only people in the county uh, can go to these theme parks is like, well, people who live in the county are probably the f- people who are least likely to go to these theme parks. Because they go to them all the time or they've gone to them so often in the past that it's not something that they're really interested in majorly. It's it's people usually a little bit further out. Um, I mean, you don't have to be super far out, but I mean, it's, it's usually like, you know, I don't go to six flags discovery kingdom and it's like right there. That's why they oftentimes give people in the County such like generally really good deals to go to get like season passes because they generally don't go (laughs) regardless. So it takes more to get them to go. But I think frustrating is the, uh, is the operative word (laughs) for sure. I mean, it, it, it really, again, it's like there was at least hope that it would be reevaluated and it just seems like generally, we're kind of in the same position we were before. Um, and, you know, it, it's a tough thing just to kind of echo part of your feeling too, which I completely agree with. Like, I definitely feel torn about this. I think that the hard part for me, uh, and I'm someone that has an opinion on most things and I'm happy to share it. Uh, I, I feel like I don't have as much information as I would need to make like a really <laughs> strong opinion on any of this, right? Like it's, um, 
you know, it, it, for, and also because it's like so much of this right now is rooted in, uh, it's rooted in emotion and certainly like, you know, it, it, it's completely valid emotion, but it's like, you know, there's a lot of back and forth and predominantly the side that is right now the loudest is kind of Disney and the local government down in Orange County and, you know, the theme park association and everybody like that, like they are absolutely the loudest. Um, and on the other side, you have the state of California and the public health officials over there that really have been pretty quiet about everything, right? Like they have not been basically like, they just haven't been sharing a lot of information and whether that's like information to the public or whether that's information to the theme parks, I, there's just not much there. And so when they say we're taking like a health uh, first approach to all of these decisions and, you know, we recognize that this is going to harm businesses, but the approach that we're taking is health before all else it's like clearly the the decision filter <laughs> and the filter that Disney and and these parks are running through, you know, for health and safety, they're coming up with a different place than where the state is. And I don't, and again, because I don't know like what that data is, like what are they looking at? It's like impossible for me to feel like one side is right and the other is wrong. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the one thing that does that is like the big kind of head scratcher for me and I think is maybe, I don't know about like overly harsh, but at least um, it's questionable is this idea that like, well, you're locked into 25% capacity until like we're in the clear, I guess. Or, or, or is it that like until we have a rapid test or is it until, you know, something changes like that, I think seems like that's pretty rough, man. If the idea is, Hey, you're locked into 25% capacity until like, you know, uh, we have a vaccine, <laughs> like, dude, that's pretty brutal. So, um, and maybe it makes sense, you know, I tried really, really hard to tr to get a sense of some of the science around this and just hear some third party opinions um because I, you know I'm I, I it's not that I distrust Disney or their health officials or even like the local Orange County health officials which for the record like say that it's unfair what the state is doing um I, I I, I believe they're all acting in good faith. It's just obviously, you know, uh, they they have incentive to land where they're landing. Uh, they're kind of, they're in the mix, right? <laughs> they have skin in the game here. So uh, I really tried hard to find kind of third-party opinions. There just aren't that many. What I did find was a, it was like a Yahoo Life article from what was it like last week that where the um or the author or reporter i don't and whatever you would call this person uh they reached out to third party infectious disease uh scientists and professors um and just kind of got their opinions on where the state guidelines were across the board the feedback that they got was that it 
completely made sense given the situation that we're in. Now, again, they're just talking about the health and safety side of it. They're not factoring in the economics. They're not factoring in the local business hardship. They're not factoring in any of that. This is specifically them saying, from a health and safety perspective, uh, these kinds of guidelines make sense. There was even uh, one person in particular that called out that keeping it local for these smaller theme parks makes sense because it's easier to kind of meet the requirements for the guidelines if you're only, and, and keep things healthy if the only people that you're in are that you're allowing in are the ones that you're managing the specific kind of health, uh, the specific kind of infection rate. Right. Mm. So, um, and again, like they, their standpoint was, Hey, um, regardless of whatever these are going to, whatever these guidelines are going to be, you still got to be really careful while you're at a theme park. And I know Disney's come forward and said, Hey, you know, things have been going great at all of our theme parks around the world. We don't have any outbreaks that have been reported. And the challenge there, again, is that it's all self-reported. Again, this is all stuff we've talked about before, but it's all self-reported. So, you know, it's you can't, you can't, like, accurately say there have been zero because that's not, like it's just impossible to track the way that they're tracking, right? Self-reported. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if that's an accurate number. I mean, it seems like it's fine. It seems like there hasn't been any like crazy, you know, infections and outbreaks. But like the only way we would know is if there was an outbreak and someone came forward and said, "Hey, I have an out, you know, I got it." And a bunch of people I know got it and we were all at Disney world. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's like completely relying on individuals. Um, uh, Likewise, again, I I believe they're acting in good faith, but I also believe that like, Hey, if there were stuff going on with like staff, maybe we won't have all the details with that. Right? Like there is a level of protection you have to give your staff in terms of uh, putting out public information on people getting sick. I don't know how far that extends, but again, you know, it it is in Disney's best interest from a business perspective to keep things moving. Uh, That's not to say that they're acting in a nefarious way. It's not to say that like, you know, any of this, any of the things that they're doing right now is like bad as much as, as much as, like I said, it, it just, it makes it a little murkier to come down firmly anywhere. Yeah it almost feels like in many cases like this, you have to make a choice between, are you doing the safest thing or are you doing like the, or, or, or do we favor like the economically sound thing? And you would hope that both could kind of coexist. Um, and you know, and maybe they can, but you know, it seems like Disney saying, one thing and the state is saying something else. And it's just, like I said, impossible to kind of figure out, at least for me, you know, uh, it's impossible for me to come down and really feel confident in any kind of assessment about the situation other than like, other than like, man, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that this is where it's landing. It would be unfortunate if it has to go the lawsuit route 
and I'd be curious to see where it would go. <laughs> right? Like, I have no idea if that, if they stand a good chance or not. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I believe, let's your point. I believe Gavin Newsom's like not just being an asshole about it. Like that would be, that would be unfortunate if that was like his thing or if he was just being difficult for the sake of being difficult. I hope he's not operating from that place. That would, that seems unlikely for me, but, uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to go to a lawsuit. Yeah. It's, that'll be an interesting thing to see where it lands. It's, it's a tough, uh, it's, it's a really tough thing. Cause like on one hand, I think, I, I definitely think, uh, the governor is, is coming at it. Uh, I'm not saying he's doing it wrong. I think, I think science, like the science is right. Like, like what they said, they call out from a self, from a health and safety perspective, the science says do this, but it's one of those things where it, it would be easier to say that if people's livelihoods weren't on the line. Cause like we've hit that point where, uh, I imagine people who were furloughed or or just outright lost their jobs at the beginning of this have already are are at the point where they're not getting their like they no longer are receiving unemployment. So right. uh, now people have no way of paying their rent, buying sure. food, yep. and these type of things, and the government isn't following through on their half to on their side to get this done they they went on vacation for a while and You're talking about federal government yes uh yeah. they went on vacation for a while and and now they're back to it but they're fighting over it so who knows when that happens even if it does happen 1200 more dollars uh, another 1200 uh uh check is not going Stimulus, to yeah last for long especially in the state yeah. of california that wouldn't even pay my right. rent uh for one yeah. month so it's like um it i mean it's one of those things where like you, you know like yeah you go to work and you could like in this pandemic you could go to work and yes you could die uh and that's rough or you could stay at home and just gradually die <laughs> it's just like uh, it's one of those things where it's like well is it better that you you know it, either way is is not ideal there needs to be if we were if we had our unfortunately if if we as a country had our shit together uh like say canada and some of these other countries where they just outright said okay everybody's getting uh money each month to stay home uh yeah. like a thousand dollars for each uh a month to stay home and so you can i mean it's not a great amount of money but you can you can survive uh you know so it's that would have been ideal <laughs> unfortunately our government didn't have it together to do that and so now we're facing this this situation where, well, yeah, the science says this, but this just says that I have to suffer in a different way. Uh, right. You know, it's it's just it feels heartless, but I I understand it. 
Um, well, and it's like what what you're saying, and this totally makes sense, is like, you know, um, given the situation that we're in, like, yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but the pandemic is not the only issue that, are, that people are facing, right? Like, yes, there is a health and safety component to COVID, and that is <laughs> don't prevent people, prevent the spread of COVID as much as possible. But as a result of like everything that's been going on, we also have this other major issue and you could call it an economic issue. You could call it a personal issue. You could call it a whatever issue, right? But it, it doesn't change the fact like th th that issue exists. And so to say, um, and, 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 I, correct me if I'm wrong in, in saying that this is what you're suggesting in, in Newsom saying, well, we're going to take a health and safety approach first. It almost seems like what he's saying is like only when it comes to COVID, <laughs> right? <laughs> like health and safety also does include people not being able to afford food, rent, housing, fill in the blank, uh, livelihood. So I think that's hundred percent correct. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's, you know, and that kind of ties in with what you were saying last time. Messaging has been a big problem on, uh, on the government's part as well. So anyway, man, I guess we'll see where that's going to go. Um, safe to say we're, we're probably, even if the parks do open by like, November, December, we're, we're probably not going to be down there. Mm -mm. <laughs> um, so we'll just kind of see how that goes. Unfortunately, though, man, uh, 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 you know, another kind of knock on <laughs> with all of this going on with, uh, you know, with uh, with Disneyland's closure is that they also sent out this past week a, a pretty cryptic email to all annual pass holders and suggested that uh, that maybe some surprising changes might be ahead for uh, for all of us APs. So along with recapping just their general disappointment with the guideline situation, they called out, quote, while we work to understand the implications of this and determine what it means for our annual passport program, we know that you have many questions, and given the latest guidelines from the state, we will have more to share with you on the future of our AP program soon. So, Henry Hall, what in the world do you think this could be hinting at? Uh, things are changing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things are definitely changing, uh, no doubt. I, I think uh, there's been... The biggest speculation that I've been reading around Reddit, around, uh, you know, some of these AP groups around Facebook um, is that it's sounding like <laughs> Disneyland maybe teeing up a, a uh, temporary cancellation of the annual pass holder uh, program. And, uh, and, you know, it wouldn't be too far out there to think about because Tokyo Disney also did just this last week announce that they're doing away with their annual pass holder program. And, uh, you know, initially they had a similar plan like Disneyland where they would be extending all annual pass holders uh, their passes 
based off of how long the closure was, they're just going to flat out refund everybody instead. Uh, and they're basically saying, we're going to, you know, put this on hold. It'll be back at a later date. Not sure when, but we'll keep you updated. So I think, I think there's speculation that that's perhaps going to be the case at Disneyland as well. Yeah. I, I think it sounds like something that could happen. Plus I think this is where you could see, uh, potentially see a, uh, where that, uh, the reservation system like comes into play is that they've got, they've, yeah. they probably need to rework, um, say the AP system, um, in how it works with the reservation system. So, cause, uh, yeah. as it is, uh, I think what'll happen if they leave it as it is, and then say people are restricted to visits because of the reservation system, then they, Disney could be opening themselves up for some kind of lawsuits. So, uh, and they're already probably getting like, you know, pushback. I mean, we've heard of people like frustrated with the reservation system and being APs. So like, um, I think this is where like, they probably are going to kind of shore things up so that, uh, they have new paperwork in place so that it fits more in line with the new, with the reservation system. And it'll probably be more limiting, limiting as far as being a AP. Uh, so like, you're not going to have as much access as you probably previously did before. Um, <laughs> I like to say that you're probably not going to have to pay as much, but I doubt that, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. they're just going to have like probably put new paperwork in place and that people are going to have to sign and, or at least agree to when they buy their AP so that Disney's not going to be taken to court because people aren't getting the access that they feel they should because the reservation system, uh, potentially, I guess that's where like, uh, they could also put in at least, into the paperwork something so that in the future they could monetize you know maybe change the ap system to where it can be they can monetize the reservation system as well you can get that premium uh time or or they'll have an ap uh tier where they do get like priority for reservations so totally so if you were to come down on one or the other that yes they were going to cancel no they weren't going to cancel the program which would you which would you vote right now I don't think they're going to cancel the program I think it's going to change but they're not going to cancel right. it Right Yeah so I totally buy that they're that they're going to cancel it temporarily that it will uh that it will be like that I mean I think it makes sense like that, what you're talking about in terms of like the reasons and the benefits of them doing that at Disneyland, I think all make too much sense for them not to, right? Like it solves the major problems that we've already identified that a lot of annual pass holders have identified with, you know, looking ahead at this pass system. As you said, like the the space available is going to be limited. We know that with a majority of, of guests that go to Disneyland being annual pass holders, a major problem for that system, right? 
And so if you have a lot of people that have paid for uh, for these passes and they're not able to get in, like, you're right. Like, you not only do have just major issues, but, uh, but you know, I, I imagine you probably don't have a lot of people signing up anyway. And the ones that do sign up and have signed up um, are going to be pretty unhappy with it. Uh, so, you know, it solves that problem where they don't have to, they don't have to figure out some weird complicated system where you can have both an AP pass system and limit your capacity to 25%, assuming that this still, uh, holds, uh, you know, pending any kind of lawsuit. Uh, you know, it, it also makes it so that anybody that's attending Disneyland, uh, is paying full price, (laughs) right? You're not you're not making it so that uh, you're not you're not giving people the opportunity to get more value out of their pass than what they've paid up front for it, which is kind of a big reason to have a pass, right? Is because it's going to save you money in the long run, especially if you're a local, especially if you go regularly. So uh, not having that annual pass uh, available means that every time you go to Disneyland you're paying the same exact price as everybody else. So that, that opportunity for, for, uh, discounts is, is all but eliminated. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure in looking at the dollars and cents, given their current situation, that, uh, that looks pretty good. It also means that to your point, it gives them that opportunity to completely rework how their annual pass uh, system operates because, uh, you know, again, when they're looking at that bottom line, I'm sure, I'm sure it irks plenty of finance people that, uh, that a majority of park people that a majority of guests that attend Disneyland are not, are paying well below full price for that day ticket because they're an annual pass holder. Maybe not, maybe they've, and I'm sure they justify it through other spend, but you know, the fact that they can rework the system and make it more like so that a, a lot of these passes, especially the lower passes, are more like flex passes where you can only have a couple reservations at a time. You can only make a reservation 30 days out, just kind of limits you a little bit more so that you're that maybe you're not getting as much maximized value as you were able to get before. And then also, if we know that like they're really not starting to, you know, if we already know that this reservation system is going to go through at least January 2022, it means that, you know, if that's when they bring the park pass system back, that they could totally raise prices on everything, just like what you're saying. And it stings a whole lot less than like a quick turnaround of a few months. Um, if that system goes away for like a year and a half to two years and comes back and maybe it's a little bit more expensive, maybe it's moderately more expensive, it it is less of a surprise because I think everyone expects that would be the case anyway, right? Year to year, it always increases. So of course it's going to increase even more if we don't see it for two years. So I, I mean... It, it's just one of those things, man, where it's just like, woof, at least in my mind when I'm when I'm looking at it, especially when we're seeing that it's already being done in Tokyo, it's almost like, dude, the 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 benefits for Disney to do this make way too much sense for them to not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I mean, I think the usually I think the idea behind the AP passes initially was that, hey, we'll get a lot of people who are going to buy these things and given like, yeah, they're going to get like all these discounts and stuff because it because that's why they're buying it. But they're really only going to like hopefully we're getting a lot of people who are only going to visit like twice in a year. And that's not going to be that's they're not going to get the full like you know value out of it i mean they you're still paying more for the for the the ap pass than what you're going to get as far as in your trips uh to the park but i think they saw like recently more recently cuz most of the people who are buying them are are locals they're getting more of that value out of it than they initially yeah. thought they were. Um, I think they're still making money off of it because I think one of those things that, uh, which rings true is that when you get a discount, uh, on merch, you're more often likely to buy more merch than you probably would normally. Um, totally. So they're probably, they were still making money, but, this way they can make more money. Um, so I, well, and it's just like that. I think that value proposition changes, right? Like with everything. I mean, it, it's always, I'm sure being evaluated anyway, maybe it's a little bit easier to swallow, uh, you know, uh, a situation like that when everything else is popping off really well, as opposed to now where, you know, things are a lot more tight. It's a, it's a completely different proposition in the way that Disney looks at that. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think they're going to push it one way and then they'll see, oh, well, uh, we're not making as much in merch now, so we need to, like, push it in another way. So I think, yeah, they're seeing less less money from from ticket sales and then and they're seeing more money maybe in merch. Uh, I think right now since the, uh, you know, when they start to see less money like in merch maybe they'll like push to make changes again but uh, i don't know i I think it's definitely something that needs they'll reevaluate at the at future dates and whatnot but i don't know sure yeah (laughs) that makes sense I, i mean regardless like if there are painful maybe less pr friendly changes that they maybe were looking to make now would be the time to do it, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> now would be the time. So, uh, so we'll uh, we'll see. I I I would not be super surprised if by the time Disneyland opens, whenever that is, uh, that my annual pass will have been canceled by Disney. <laughs> so, and I'll instead have a refund. That would not shock me at this point. But we'll see. Maybe I maybe I'll be wrong uh maybe i'd maybe maybe i'm wrong and i'll be happily surprised but uh not holding my breath here but uh but finally we are gonna end things on a good note here i know it's been again like the like like every time that we go through disney land news especially it's been pretty brutal so it's nice to have a little bit of a positive note here the last time we talked There was a small little section of Disney California Adventure that had opened up uh, in that Hollywoodland area called Backlot Premier Shop. It was kind of like an alternate merch location to to World of Disney. 
Well, this week, uh, Disney announced that in November, they'll be opening up Buena Vista Street to the public for even more food and retail therapy opportunities. So this is like that uh, this is like that Knott's Berry Farm kind of food festival thing that they're doing, except it seems like it's not restricted to specific dates. It's maybe a little bit more open. So uh, so for shopping, we'll have uh, uh, Elias and Company. We'll have Julius, Katz, uh, and Sons. We'll have Kingswell Camera Shop. And then for dining options, we'll have Trolley Treats, Carthay Circle Lounge, and Smoke Jumpers Grill. Uh, Disney did also clarify with this that there is currently no plan to also do something similar uh, on Main Street USA in Disneyland. So this seems like, at least for now anyway, this is uh, relegated to DCA. Uh, And then Universal Studios Hollywood president Karen Irwin also stated that the park is exploring reopening with food and retail only as well. So it seems like what we had been talking about and wondering maybe why they hadn't done this, uh, these guidelines were the trigger to to formulate something like this and to to have a, a very modified experience. So that should be fun if you're if you're kind of local and in the area. Yeah, it's interesting because I think uh, uh, at least from what I've heard is they're just basically extending like downtown Disney into DCA. Yeah, Uh, right. And I guess at least that that's something. I don't know how well that'll work with with Universal's Hollywood because um, the food in Universal's for the most part is not that good. Uh, and the shopping is basically the same as what you can get outside in the dirt in the city walk so i don't see like a big thing going into universal's hollywood but uh but at least uh at least for like you know uh california adventure that is at least something um it's it's interesting that uh, at least they're doing that and you know they're so at least some more people can be put to work and and uh yeah. there's a little bit more uh you know disney exposure i guess uh although it would kind of like hurt to be that close yet to not <laughs> actually be uh, it'll feel like a pseudo uh, disney experience that'll just be you know enough to just make you want it more but uh Dude, yeah man you're walking through you're seeing in the distance the uh operation uh breakout you're in the distance you're seeing the uh the ferris wheel you're seeing the the Incredicoaster. maybe you're even seeing that quinjet dude that uh, yeah, I agree. And smoke jumpers too, man. You're right there, right next to Soren. You're right there at uh, Grizzly Peak. That uh, that would be a real big bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to wonder how many uh, how many security personnel they're going to have to have posted up for any runners. But um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Universal does. I almost feel like they, to your point, like they're going to have to do some work to maybe make it stand out a little bit more. Like maybe they do theme it to the holidays a little bit more. Um, mm, I think I maybe think Disney California adventure. I, I think there's enough nostalgia. There's enough kind of want there with people. They don't have to do anything. They just have to open those gates 
and uh, and people are are gonna load in just like what downtown Disney's been. It's been a madhouse anytime uh, that it's a weekend or a holiday. It's been nuts. Yeah, if anything, they with the extension with the uh, California Adventure extension, they can have more capacity and potentially, I guess, uh, for that'll relieve some of the congestion, I guess, in downtown Disney. So you'll have a little bit more room for capacity. But uh, yeah, Universal is kind of a weird thing because like when I've gone into Universal's Hollywood, I either eat outside the park. If I eat in the park, it's in the uh, three broom, three broomsticks. Uh, but like, like whenever I've eaten in anywhere other than three broomsticks, uh, it's always been very like, not good <laughs> for the most part. So yeah. like, and, and the food in the, de- and in the universal city walk is, is awesome. So, uh, like, I don't know why you would, and that's been open for a yeah, while. Now, so, so I don't yeah. know why you would go into universal Hollywood, but, but if you, if they do what you say and like make it like a, you know, maybe theme it as like for the holidays, that would probably get me to walk in just to check out like decorations yeah. and whatnot. I mean, their Halloween decorations are, are abysmal in the park, but, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, but, but maybe the, I don't think I've ever seen the holiday, uh, decorations. So maybe those are better. Um, I heard that, uh, they're, that their Chinese New Year that they did this year, last year, most recent, the most recent time that they celebrated it, they uh, they did a pretty good job. Hmm. Ended up being pretty good. It was a good offering. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, that's a pure guess on my end, but uh, but it seems like yeah, that would be that would be quite the opportunity to uh, to do that for sure. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting, man. I, I I am curious if the idea of there being no plan to do Disneyland sticks or if it uh if they end up seeing just like a huge success over at dca and then they end up maybe like rotating in and out disney like maybe disneyland main street usa is a limited to specific dates kind of event more so than dca but uh but maybe not i mean i could i could also see it in disney's mind where they're like no man this is this place is only open if the entire place is open I think I think it's as you said first is like they'll see how it goes with uh, DCA and and adjust accordingly because if there's money to be be had, you know that would just be silly to leave it there. But especially considering the state that they're in right now, I think maybe they're they just don't want to like put it out there that there's they're going to do something because then people are going to hold them to it. I think yeah. at this this way, if it if if it doesn't, they don't see that big of a, a increase with having the California Adventure open, uh, Buena Vista Street open. That uh, that they can just either close that and and that's been done, uh, or they can they can always revisit the Main Street. So, the real question though, man, is how many fried biscuits are going to get consumed at the uh, Carte Surgical uh, Lounge in the first 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> actually, I actually had some good news too. Oh, 
Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you heard this, but uh, apparently once <laughs> once uh, Galaxy's Edge reopens, they will be selling another a new uh, lightsaber uh, for Cal Kestis, uh, the Padawan survivor from Order 66 from the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order video game. They'll they'll be selling his lightsaber at uh, Doc Ondar's uh, uh, in the Galaxy's Edge that that area that uh, you can go uh, you can go build your own lightsaber or you can buy your your buy a you know a prefab one that is uh, based off of the Jedi legend yeah it's uh i guess they're like other legacy lightsabers are coming as well are ahsoka tano's and count dooku's so yeah yeah so there there you go uh, it's it's kind of rough because i i wanted to see uh see maybe uh you know some of this they had a they had the uh a a question well i guess a you could they put out a question i guess it's not a questionnaire it was a uh a poll uh to see which ones like fans chose i don't i'm always always question whenever they do these polls for hey which one do you would you uh, like to see sold because i feel like they already have an idea where which one's going to be sold anyways, regardless yeah, yeah, yeah. if uh, it wins or not, they make it win. Because uh, <laughs> uh, uh, they had Lord Corvax's lightsaber up there, which uh, I can't, which stood out from all the rest, but it, it really didn't get uh, uh, very many votes per se. Man. But uh, of course, Cal Kest- Kestis, uh, the hero from the uh, from the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game, of course, he's gonna get. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is this is turning into a. Uh, you're giving your marketing spiel right now. Are you at work? Are you on the clock? No, <laughs> I actually have. I have, n- which you can pick up by the way on PlayStation Four, Xbox One. And- <laughs> no, I'm just trying to give make sure that I'm actually saying his name right and whatnot. Because uh, okay. I have no skin in this game, I get n- <laughs> nothing from this. <laughs> but he won, uh, so I think he, uh, as far as characters go, he was very generic, and his lightsaber is kind of generic. It looks like it's broken. <laughs> so uh, man, well, it is broken, I, I guess. <laughs> but. Uh, he won, so there's going to be new new stuff in Galaxy's Edge once it finally opens. You know, uh, so it's good to know for sure. I mean, I, I uh, I'm looking forward to being back in Galaxy's Edge one of these years for sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think though, I'll tell you, man, when it comes to Galaxy's Edge, I think I might be more excited to uh, to basically have a Ronto wrap in each hand and just just down both like immediately mm. maybe on one hand have the breakfast like hit 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 up galaxy's edge right at that crossover between breakfast and lunch 
grab a breakfast, grab a lunch. I think they actually serve the lunch one during breakfast. Anyway, so. one of each. Boom, 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 boom. Done. I don't know. I think I like the breakfast one a little bit more than than the the regular. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's. I do too, but it's been long enough. You got to go both. You're saying you're not going to do this with me, Henry? Well, I didn't say I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> there we go. Okay. But, All right. This is what I then like. It's, commitment. it's tough because I also love that uh, that uh, that yogurt parfait that they do. Uh, the yogurt oatmeal parfait. Oh, I love that. Oh, so good with that with that fruit. Mm. I'm surprised I like it so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm eating my microphone right now, just talking about all this. Jeez, man. Oh, boy. What are we doing? Well, that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far... You're hopefully enjoying the podcast, so don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 38 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry, I'll talk to you soon, big guy. You take care. Peace out, man. Oh, man. I'm going to I'm gonna sign off, and I'm going to be thinking about these Ronto wraps and that parfait. Henry, you got me going. <laughs> See you, dude. See ya. Bye.